Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco, and we exist so that people that are far from God will encounter His presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. I've known Kyle for several years. He is one of the more creative pastors that I know, and uh, he was uh, the creative pastor at their church for, for some time. And then a week before COVID, he became the lead pastor of this thriving church. I've been there a couple times already. This church in the East Coast is one of my absolute favorite churches. Their worship is on point. They are anointed. They have a huge vision, huge passion, spirit of excellence. When I came back from the first time, I said, team, huddle together. Look at their branding. Look at their excellence. And then we absolutely uh, swagger jacked their slogan that says, leading people to become fully alive in Jesus. That came from that church in Richmond, Virginia. We adopted it. We printed it everywhere, posted it on social media. That's what we do. But um, their church is outstanding. It's a multi-generational, multicultural, multiracial church and uh, hungry for God. And imagine this, through COVID, he, he inherited the church the week before COVID and it has navigated through some troubling and challenging waters and has crushed it. And I'm so proud of you. I, I believe that this is more than just a transactional friendship. This is a divine appointment. Uh, God has placed our lives together that we can run. West Coast, East Coast together. We're going to see the kingdom of God advance. So would you stand to your feet one more time? Feels like the Catholic Church right now. One more time. Let's welcome Pastor Kyle Lechney. Thank you guys so much. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. This is our first time in San Francisco. And... Um, I already feel like I've seen the best thing there is to see in San Francisco just by being at City Life Church, right? What is the Golden Gate Bridge anyways, right? Who are the 49ers? Who are the Giants, right? No, City Life Church is the best thing in San Francisco. And um, I, love, I love your pastors so, so, so much. As Pastor John John was just telling you, we took over a church, our, our, the church that I was a part of since I was, I don't know, a teenager, right? We took over that church right in the middle of COVID, right in the middle of all kinds of, you know, when uh, after George Floyd uh, was murdered and you watch all over all of the different uh, protests and riots and all these different things that were happening. Richmond was the epicenter in many ways of what was going on. Like um, we had so many monuments that were Confederate monuments and all these different things that were being torn down in the wake of all of that. And, um, and all this stuff got like painted. So you know, I'm seeing all this, uh, all this, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I almost called it confetti. It's not confetti. Graffiti. <laughs> confetti. Where did I get that from? Um, I'm seeing all this graffiti all over your city, and that looks a lot like Richmond. Richmond is covered in beautiful graffiti and art, and so we had all these Confederate monuments, and in the wake of all that, all that turned to crazy art all over the streets. It was, it was wild what was happening in the city, but there was so much unrest and all these things going on and people not, not knowing how to respond and what to do. And um, so we had that going on. We had COVID going on. We had transition going on. And Pastor John John was such a stabilizing voice for our church. Like just the way he reached out to us and cared for us and prayed with us and flew in at a time where like we're in the middle of COVID. We barely are open. He, he flew into Richmond and I was like, I'm gonna take you to eat. And I, I took him to a restaurant and it was closed because we're in COVID. And I'm like, okay, well, 
Google said it was open. So then I took him to another restaurant, and that one was closed. And then I took him to another restaurant, and that was closed. We ended up just sitting in the car and talking forever. So just the way he encouraged and the way he spoke into our church is so amazing. So I definitely feel that heart connection for our two churches. And I already love your city. I already love your church. So thank you guys so much for having me. And I got my friend Chase here with me today. Chase, um, Chase is... Uh, in charge of our studio that we're building in Richmond. So we're building a studio downtown Richmond, and we're going to be pumping out a ton of content to lead people to Jesus, teach them about the Word of God. And right now, the thing I'm most excited about is we're working on a kid's show to teach kids the Bible. And um, actually, God has connected us with some pretty cool people. Tomorrow, I'm going to be meeting with a guy from Pixar, and um, he's, he's going through all of our characters and all of our storylines, and he's going to help us and make sure that our stories are good and all this stuff. So, uh, so Chase is leading the studio, and that's just absolutely going amazing. And um, I, couldn't bring, I couldn't bring my wife, but I got to show you a picture of her because like, I'm, I'm obligated to do that. So this, so this is me and my wife. And um, her name's Kenzie, and she is my sugar mama. She makes all the money in the, in the house. She's a nurse, and she is absolutely incredible. We have two little girls, Story and Scout. Story is six, and Scout is three, and they are wild. Story um, speaks Mandarin Chinese because they're teaching it to her at school. And all the time, like, if she gets in trouble at our house, she just all of a sudden will start speaking Chinese. And we're like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't want you to know what's going on. So she starts speaking Chinese. She's brilliant. She leads everyone she meets to Jesus, everyone. She's, she's a cheerleader, and she invited, like, all of her cheer squad to come to church. And there's no joke, 30 people that have come to church because she invited them to church. She's, she's incredible. She said, you, Dad, you know what my favorite place in the world is? I said, what? And she said, church. I said, that's amazing. So she's just absolutely on fire. There was a friend at her school that wasn't a Christian, and she said, Daddy, I'm going to pray for this person. So she prayed every single day. One day she got in her car, in the car after school, and she said, Daddy, Ruby gave her life to Jesus today. I said, come on. That's so good. And then Scout, my three-year-old, she's not a Christian. She is not a Christian. We're working on her, but she's just not there yet. She lies, she cheats, she steals. She's bad. She looks like me and she acts like me. And she is bad. She is so bad. Um, but, but man, we love her. She's hilarious. And uh, we're working on her. We had a kids camp a couple months ago and uh, all these kids came down front to give their life to Jesus and Scout sat by herself <laughs> in the crowd while everyone else came forward. And afterwards, Kenzie said, Scout, did you give your life to Jesus? And she said, no, but all my friends did. <laughs> and so, so they're, they're awesome. So next time I come, I'll bring them. How's that sound? So um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So uh, I want to I wanna, I wanna preach a message to you today that I'm calling You Need Help. <laughs> you Need Help. And I think, I think hopefully speaks to you today. Let's, let's pray. Let's ask God to be here and, and help today. God, I need help. So help me in Jesus name. Amen. 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 By the way, can we give it up to all the people who are watching online? Jamie from the UK, crazy Ireland or yeah. Pastor Lamia, we love you. 
You're awesome. Uh, all right, have you ever seen the show American Ninja Warrior? American Ninja Warrior. I love this show. I love watching this show because every single time I watch this show, there's kind of two ways to watch the show. The first way to watch it is you are hoping that people make it, that they make it through all the obstacles. And then there's the correct way to watch the show, which is how I watch the show, which is I celebrate every time someone falls in the water. <laughs> I sit at home on my couch, eating my chips, watching these ripped people try to do this thing. Yeah, this right here, come on. How good is this? Ah, so satisfying. Oh, wipe out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Watch this guy. Oh, watch this next guy. Watch him hit his face. Oh, come on. How good is that show? I love it. It makes me feel better about my life. And appropriately, this says 2020 on it because we all know that was the year from hell, right? And so this is, this is actually, when I watch this show, here's what I think. This is what life is like, is American Ninja Warrior. What do I mean by that? Uh, the book of uh, John says, in this world, you will have many troubles and sorrows. In this world, you will have many troubles and sorrows. You know, we always talk about promises from God and, you know, all those little Devo promises from God books. It's always like, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and healing and health and all this stuff over my life. We don't talk about this promise from God very often. In this world, you will have many trials, troubles, and sorrows, right? The book of James says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. When, not if. Wouldn't it be cool if that was an if? Wouldn't it be great if you could go throughout life without trials? It doesn't work that way. You will have trials of many different kinds. It is a promise from God that in this world, you will have many trials. And James is bold. He says we should count it joy when we encounter these things, right? But have you ever felt like life is a little bit like that? That every time that you get through one obstacle, here's another obstacle. Every time you get through this, here's another thing, right? You, you make it through COVID and then this happens. You make it through that and then this happens. Remember the killer bees that were gonna kill all of us? Remember the dust ball from the Sahara Desert that was gonna kill all of us? Remember all that? It's like you make it through this and then this happens. I remember when Scout was born, um, my daughter's story, my, my in-laws, I have amazing in-laws and they were, they were like, we're gonna take Story for her last little date just by herself before she has a baby sister. We're gonna take her out somewhere fun. We're gonna take her to Chuck E. Cheese. Come on, you got Chuck E. Cheese on the West Coast? It's, it's every bit as disgusting here as it is in Richmond. We're gonna take her to Chuck E. Cheese. So they take her to Chuck E. Cheese and I'm like, this is a bad idea. She's gonna come home with a stomach bug, I promise you. And she came home and 24 hours after being home, she's running to the toilet. We're like, oh man. And Scout is gonna be born any day now. So my nine-month-old, uh, you know, my nine-month pregnant wife is, uh, she's like, okay, you got to take care of her because I'm going to get sick. So I'm taking care of Scout, and then all of a sudden she catches a stomach bug. So uh, I'm taking care of Story. So my wife catches a stomach bug. So now at nine months pregnant, she's, you know, got the stomach bug. Then I catch the stomach bug. Then Story gets it a second time in our house. So it's just going round and round and round in our house. Finally, it's all gone. Finally, Scout's born. Praise Jesus, now we can relax. We get home and story spikes a fever. I take her to the doctor, she's got the flu. 
Now, before COVID, the flu was the scariest thing, okay? And so, so Story's got the flu, and I talked to the doctor. The doctor's like, whatever you do, keep Scout away from Story. Do not let her be near Story, because if Scout gets the flu, she's a newborn baby, this could be deadly for her. So we're keeping her away. My wife takes the newborn baby, goes to my parents' house, stays at their house just to keep the distance, and then my wife gets the flu while she's taking care of the newborn baby. So they're like, whatever you do, keep her away from your wife because if this baby gets the flu, and Lord knows I could not keep a baby alive by myself. So we took her to my cousin's house. <laughs> she's got three kids and she's a great mom. We took her to my cousin's house and my cousin was keeping my little newborn baby for the first week of her life just to keep her away from the flu because we thought, oh, this could be really bad. I'm literally driving to their house with little bags of breast milk from my wife right, and just delivering them to take care of, of Scout. And it's like every day, it was just like, things got worse and worse and worse and worse. Come on, this is what life is like. Right when this, you know, starts getting better again, something else hits. Anybody in here, you feel like you're in a trial right now. And if you don't feel like you're in a trial right now, guess what, tomorrow your trial will come in the mail. It will come in the mail, it'll come, somehow it'll come. So, so life is like American Ninja Warrior, but I have, Bad news, it's even worse than American Ninja Warrior. Has, has anyone ever seen the show American Gladiators before? Okay. <laughs> this is an 80s, 90s show. And the thing that makes this show different than American Ninja Warrior is you do all the same stuff, but meanwhile you're being shot at by a guy in spandex. He's shooting tennis balls at you. So not only are you going through the troubles and trials of life, but you're getting shot at by a guy probably named Titan, right? <laughs> in, in spandex, and he's shooting at you the entire time. And life isn't just an obstacle course, but you got enemies that are always coming after you, right? People that are coming after you, and sometimes frenemies that are coming after you. Sometimes mother-in-laws that are coming after you. Sometimes moms and dads who are coming after you, your own parents are coming after you. And you're trying to get through the troubles and trials of life, and meanwhile, there are people coming against you. Anybody feel that today? Anybody like, my trial actually is a person, and I, they will not be named, but my trial is a person. So life isn't just an obstacle course. You got enemies after you. Here's, here's what the Bible says in, in the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, he says this, for the enemy has pursued my soul and has crushed my life to the ground. Anyone feel like this? He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. You know, this morning we're singing beautiful worship songs. This is a, this is a worship song. David is singing, the enemy has pursued me and crushed me to the ground. <laughs> this isn't a song we sang this morning, but your heart might be singing it this morning. The enemy has pursued me. He has crushed me. He has crushed me to the ground. But I have even worse news. It's not just American Ninja Warrior, it's not just American Gladiator, it gets even worse, okay? Has anyone seen the show Takeshi's Castle? <laughs> if you think American obstacle course shows are cool, try a Japanese obstacle course show. These shows are amazing. You're going through the obstacle course, you're in a crazy costume, okay? You're getting shot at by people, and then here's what makes this one even worse. If you open the wrong door, there's a giant sumo wrestler who will literally, literally tackle you to the ground. And so not only do you have the obstacles, not only do you have the enemies, but there's like this thing behind every door that if you open the wrong door, it tackles you to the ground. 
Now, here's, here's how this relates to life. Okay, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, it says, if you do well, you'll be rewarded. But if you do not do well, listen to this. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and his desire is for you. You must rule over it. So not only is it an obstacle course, not only are people out to get you many times, but then sin is crouching at the door. So every door that you go to open, it's like, is this the right door? You open the wrong door, bam, you get attacked by a sumo wrestler named Sin in your life, right? This is what life is like. Anybody feel this this morning? Yes, I feel this this morning. Maybe you're struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with a, a person that's coming against you. Maybe you're struggling with the trials or the worries of life. The one thing that catches me when I watch these shows is the one way that this is different than life is that in life, in these, in these shows, these people seem to be doing everything by themselves. So the American Ninja Warrior, it's a, I'm a lone guy. I'm a lone warrior. And he's trying to go through the whole thing by himself. If you're watching, you know, American Gladiators, they're trying to go through the whole thing by themselves. If you watch Takeshi's Castle, they're trying to go through everything by themselves. And you know what God has said about this life and about, he says, you're going to have trials, you're going to have tribulations, but you don't have to do this alone. You need help. If you're going to make it through this life and not get attacked by sin crouching at the door, not get attacked by, you know, someone, uh, someone coming after you, not, not bail out because of the trials and tribulations, you're going to need some help. Anybody here today, you feel like, man, I need some help. If you're just being honest, it's like, I need help. And so much of our culture wants us to be just like that lone warrior, just out fighting the battle by ourselves just out doing the thing by ourselves. And you know what God wants for us is he never made us to do this by ourselves. He made us to do this. The only way we're gonna get through this obstacle course is if, we've, if we have some help. And so I wanna to read to you in Hebrews chapter 10, I found a cheat code for life. This is a cheat code. Remember anyone ever play those old, uh, those old games uh, where you, know, you have a cheat code, if you enter the code, you get, anyone play The Sims in here? I used to play The Sims all the time. Remember Rosebud? You type in Rosebud and you get all the free money. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, the camera guy back here is like, yes. You got all the free stuff and you built the most beautiful house and you had the pool all the way around because you typed in Rosebud. The cheat code that unlocks all this stuff. I found a cheat code in Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to share this cheat code with you. And I believe that if we actually unpack this cheat code here today, that you can actually get through this obstacle course of life and succeed and thrive and be all that God's called you to be. I love that you guys stole that mission statement, uh, leading people to become fully alive in Jesus, because I stole it also. <laughs> I stole it from John 10.10. 10. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the fullest. And so, so many times we're just trying to get by in life when God has given us fully alive kind of life, right? And so I want to give you this cheat code to help you become fully alive. In, John, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, let's read this. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, um, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean of every evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, uh, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is a cheat code. And here's what's interesting about this cheat code in the original language. It's all one giant sentence. This is all one giant sentence. So what God is trying to tell us with this passage is you can't do half of it and not the other half. If you have a period in a sentence, it's easy to kind of pull out that one sentence and attach to that one sentence, but not get the rest of it. This entire section is one big long verse in the original language, which means you can't put just half of the cheat code in. It's not going to work. You can't put just part of the thing in. You got to get all of it in. And if you do, it will unlock your life. But you got to do the whole thing. So I want to break down this cheat code for you today. Is that okay? All right, the first part of this cheat code is the beginning part of this verse. Let's read that again one more time. It says this in Hebrews chapter 10, this beginning part of this verse. I love the media people. All right, you're amazing. Hey, I used to be the media person before I was the lead pastor of the church, and I literally love creative media people. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. You're awesome. All right, here we go. Let's, let's read this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus and by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, um, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean of an evil conscience, and with our bodies washed with pure water. This is the first part of the cheat code. You need help, and the biggest, greatest help in your life, we're in church, so just go with me for a second, is Jesus. Okay, Kyle, you came all the way from Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> to tell us that Jesus, yes, because I'm gonna give you three other things, but they don't work without Jesus first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna give you three other things, but if you do those things and you don't do the Jesus thing, you don't accept the Jesus part of this, the rest of the cheat code is null and void. Every good work that God wants to do in your life begins with Jesus. Your success in this life begins with Jesus. It doesn't begin with you just waking up one day and going, today I'm gonna to have a fresh start and a new day. It wakes up with Jesus transforming your life, with Jesus washing you clean, with Jesus cleansing your conscience and your body. The Bible says he washes our body clean and pure. In other words, you can't succeed at life. You cannot thrive at life just with do this, do this, do this. You have to accept and receive the finished work of Jesus. So, I, so I, I could come from Richmond and I could tell you the other three things, like do this, do this, do this, but I would be cheating you if I did not start with every good and perfect gift in your life comes down from heaven. Every good work in your life, the Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So if he's the finisher and the author, you're not even gonna get going in this life without Jesus helping you, without Jesus washing you, without Jesus cleansing you. And you know what concerns me? I think sometimes because Jesus is such an obvious answer, sometimes churches, definitely not this church, I know that for a fact, but sometimes churches kind of like, yeah, well, everyone knows about Jesus. 
Dude, he is the center of life. He is the center of our worship. He is the center of our hope. He is the center of our salvation. He is the center. Actually, he is the finish line as well. So we're on this obstacle course, and what are we pushing towards? We're pushing towards Jesus. And so this first help in your life is this first part of the cheat code is all the stuff that God wants to do for you. In other words, what I want to say to you today is receive the finished work of Jesus in your life. Receive his washing clean. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his salvation. Receive what he wants to do in your life. All right, that's help number one. Help number two, it says this. He says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Let's read that in, in Hebrews. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Here's help number two, okay? Let us hold fast to the confession. The confession. What is a confession? What is a confession? I told you about my daughter, Scout. She has to confess things a lot. <laughs> she has to confess things all the time. She dumps water all over the house. She put, you know, she, she colors on the walls. She does all kinds of stuff. And you say, Scout, did you do this? No. <laughs> and we find out it was her. What is a confession? A confession uh, is admitting. It's admitting something. It's, 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 uh, it's coming to grips with something. It is when we say with our words what is true in reality. So what is the confession of our hope? The confession of our hope is when our words and our life aligns with the truth of who God is, of what he's done in my life, of what he's doing in me, right? It's, it's a confession is when I say, okay, I admit it, Jesus is Lord. Okay, I admit it, you're in charge. You know, a lot of times we say, make Jesus the Lord of your life. And I, I, I totally understand what we're trying to say when we say that. But sometimes I laugh because I go, dude, you like... He is Lord whether you make him Lord or not. He is Lord whether you make him Lord or not. In fact, the Bible tells us that God does not live in temples made by men with human hands. And so many of us, we want God to live in our little box that we've created for him. And we treat him like a little trinket, like a little, like a little uh, genie in a bottle, right? Uh, like, like the genie from Aladdin, right? We treat, we treat it like if I come and I worship and I rub the bottle, then he'll come out and he'll do the thing I'm asking him to do in my life with my finances and with my health and with my, you know, I, if I rub the bottle the right way, he'll come out and he'll say, okay, I'm gonna bless you, right? So many of us treat God that way, but here's the thing. He is Lord whether we admit it or not. He is Lord whether we know it or not. He is Lord whether we accept it or not. And so what is the confession? The confession is when we come to the realization of who Jesus is and when we actually say it with our words. When we actually, it, it's not just an internal belief, but it comes out of our mouth and we say, okay, I admit it, Jesus is Lord and I'm gonna align my life under the truth of God's word. I'm gonna align my life under the truth of who he is. We live in a world that is so consumed with like my truth, right? My truth, my truth, not in San Francisco, but in Richmond. In Richmond, we have the my truth thing, but that's a whole lot of pressure that you are responsible for truth. You by yourself are responsible for truth, my truth, my truth, my truth, right? But what, what does God say? There is a truth that is a universal truth 
whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you see it or not. Romans tells us this. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So what is the confession? He says, if you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. What is that confession? That confession is coming to a realization that like, okay, I'm going to admit that Jesus is in charge. I'm going to admit that he's the Lord of my life. I'm going to admit that he doesn't live in a temple made by men, but I live in a world made by God. I'm going to admit that he is the center of the universe. I'm not the center of the universe. I'm going to make that confession. Now, how is this a help in my life? Because this is called the confession of our hope. In other words, you don't do confessing by yourself. You don't do, you don't come up with your own confession. You don't come up with your own thing. You simply acknowledge the truth that is, and you do it with those who call on the name of the Lord with a pure heart. It's the confession of our hope. Anyone in here, you have a sibling, you got a sister or a brother, anybody in here, just wave at me. Okay, awesome. So uh, have you ever been talking to your brother or your sister before, and you accidentally referred to your joint parent as my dad? My dad said, my mom said, and have you ever done that? And as soon as you do it, you go through like 1,700 emotions. First, you get really red in the face and you're like, did I just say my mom to, you know, to my sister or whatever? It's our mom. And why do you get all these emotions? Because first you feel like embarrassed that you just said that. Then you feel like you have somehow robbed them from the joint parent that you have together by only acknowledging them as my parent. I've somehow robbed them. Do you hear what I'm saying, right? Um, And and then you start to laugh because you're like, that's ridiculous. I just said my dad and it's our dad, right? The reason why this is the confession of our hope is because it's a shared confession. You have a personal relationship to that confession, but you don't have a private confession. What do I mean by that? I mean, you don't have a private truth that just lives inside of you just deep by yourself. I'm not talking about you don't have experience and you don't have, of course you do. What I mean is the truth of who Jesus is, that's not something you do on your own. That's something you admit along with other people. It's the confession of our hope. We don't do it by ourselves. We don't confess by ourselves. Peter says this um, in, in the book of Matthew 16. Jesus says, who do you say? that I am. He says, who do do they say that I am? And he starts to say, oh, some say that you're this, and some say you're, you're that, and some say you're Elijah, and some say you're Moses, and some say this. But then he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter looks back at him, and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, blessed are you, Simon Peter. He says, uh, the world did not reveal this to you. Men did not reveal this to you. You did not reveal this to you. The Holy Spirit revealed this to you. In other words, truth, if we're going to be on a journey of truth, we have to have the Holy Spirit's help. Only only the Holy Spirit can illuminate for us the truth that Jesus is Lord. And then he says, and then in in another scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I'm going to share this with you, what I have received. For I delivered to you of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The confession that you're going to make, you need the help of the word of God in accordance 
with the scriptures. And then he says, I share with you what I received myself. So many of us today, when we're here and we're in this place, you know, Pastor John John's preaching and he's sharing the word of God. So many of us, we have to receive it ourselves before we can give it to somebody else. And he says, I'm giving to you what I've received myself. So there's three things with this confession. There's the help of the Holy Spirit. There's the help of the others who have gone before who say, I'm just telling you what I'm learning myself. And then there's the scriptures, according to the scriptures. We don't confess by ourselves. We don't come up with truth on our, on our own. We do it along with those who call on the name of the Lord with a pure heart. All right, so we can be a little bit less American Ninja Warrior about the confession. We can be a little less creative about the confession. And we can be a little bit more like, what is truth? What is truth? God, I wanna walk in your truth. I wanna walk in your goodness. All right, here's the, here's the third help here today. Uh, he says, stir one another up to love and good works. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I would call this the stirring. We have the confession and we have the stirring. The stirring is what we do when I stir you up, you stir me up, what? To do love and good works. Love and good works. How is this a help in my life? Because so, many, so often we think that like, what you need when you get tired is you just need to take a break. And listen, absolutely, sometimes you just need to have a nap. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the most spiritual thing you could do is just say, babe, we're done fighting. I'm going to take a nap. And when I wake up, the Holy Spirit will have revived my soul. <laughs> I'm the fighter in our, in our relationship. I'm the one who's like, we're staying up until we solve this. And she's like, I'm going to bed. And tomorrow we will be totally fine because I slept on it, right? Sometimes you just got to get some rest. Sometimes you just got to sleep. Come on, I believe in the Sabbath. We, we talk about don't cheat, don't murder, don't steal, but we break the Sabbath all the time. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Sometimes you need to just rest, right? But sometimes when you are tired or when you're worn out or when you have a trial, the right thing to do is actually not just be like, hang in there, you're going to make it, but like, let's do some good works. Let's do some good works. So you come to church and you're like, dude, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can. Sometimes it's the right thing to do to take a step back and take a breath. Other times it's like, dude, don't quit serving. Yes. Don't quit giving. Don't quit blessing. Don't quit praying. Don't quit. You know why? Because it's not just about you're going to make it. It's about you're going to thrive. And so we're not just going to hang in there, you're going to be okay. Hang in there, you're going to be okay. No, it's like, no, let's do some love and good works. My, uh, my grandmother is 82 years old, and she's German. So she, she lives in Germany right now, and she is the most blessed woman of God. So incredible. I, I love my grandma so much. And she taught me how to pray when I was six years old, just how she would talk to God and all this stuff. She's an incredible woman of God, and she was just diagnosed with cancer. And they said it's all throughout her body. So literally this week, they just diagnosed her and they said it's all throughout her body. And I called my granddad and he's crying on the phone. He's just like, you know, shaking up and upset. I called my dad and my dad is sobbing. He's like, this is, this is horrible. I called my grandma and you know what she said? She said, I told God, if I'm going to be in this hospital, God, you got to use me. You got to use me. If I'm going to be in this hospital, you got to use me. And then this woman comes in who doesn't know the Lord. And I start telling her about the Lord and then this doctor comes in and he saw my Bible and he started asking me about the scriptures and, 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 and here's her outlook on life is like, I'm not just gonna make it, 
I'm going to do love and good works. I'm not just going to like survive. I'm going to be used by God till the day I take my last breath. You know, and so what is the stirring? The stirring in that original language literally means egg each other on. It, it, actually, it actually means uh, aggravate each other to love and good works. He's using a negative word in a positive sense. What he's saying is like that iron sharpens iron. He's saying egg each other on, champion each other to say, dude, do some good. Love, pray. Come on, we're going to press in. What I love about this church is pre-service prayer. You know, I... I'm a pastor. I come in a pre-service prayer, and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. You know what? You know what you need? You need John John to hit you and go, come on, we're praying. You know what you need? You need someone to egg you on and say, lift your hands. We're going we're gonna to worship. You don't need someone who's just going to be like, you're going to make it. You need someone who's like, come on, get your hands up. Get your hands up. You know, come on, get your faith up. Uh, come on. You, that's what John John did for me when I was going through all the stuff I was going through. He didn't come in and just say, you're going to be okay. He came in and prophesied and said, you're going to do this and you're going to, he stirred my faith up to love and good works. And you know what? That love and good works, you know what it does? It invites the Holy Spirit to come into my life and into the situation. The Bible says in Philippians that it's God who both gives us the will and the effort to do the good works. He gives us the will and the effort. Well, I don't feel like doing it. Okay, but he's going to give us the will and the effort to do good works. So if you feel like you're in a place today where you're just tired and worn out and broken, and I don't know if I can make it, I'm not, I'm not just going to tell you like, hey, just sit back and rest. I'm going to tell you, come on, let's go. Let's go for a run in, in the spirit, right? Let's, let's press. Let's, I, had a, I had a friend in Bible school, and uh, I had a cold one day, and, and he, he was like, okay, put on, bundle up, put on a bunch of clothes. We're going for a run. And he's like, we're going to sweat that thing out. And you know, there's something about loving good works that sweats some stuff out of my life. So that's help number three. We're, we're going we're gonna to be confession people where we're the word of God, right? Stirring people, which I would say is the works of God. It's God who's doing it in me. It's not me who's doing it. But when I stir someone up in, in faith, God comes into their life. Holy Spirit increases in their life. They start to receive the presence of God and the power of God because it's him who gives us the will and the ability to do it, right? All right, here's the last help here today. Is this okay? Is this helping you? Yeah. Okay, okay, awesome. Online, is this helping you? Awesome. Man, we got some cool people online. Hello, life groups. Yeah, you guys got life groups starting up. This is a good time for this message, isn't it? All right, here's the last help. He says this, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Just leave it right there. Not neglecting to meet together. You know, what is, what is neglect? What is child neglect? Child neglect is when you don't give your kids the proper attention that they deserve or the proper attention that the God-given, you know, uh, attention that they deserve. What is gathering neglect? Gathering neglect comes in two shapes, Okay. There is just straight up not attending the gathering. That's neglecting the gathering. And then there's not giving the gathering the proper attention and honor and worth that it deserves. So I want to say this. Not only am I going to tell you that if you want to make it through this obstacle course life, you need to attend church. But when you attend church, you need to give it the proper honor and dignity and respect that it deserves. Both things. 
You can neglect the gathering by not showing up, and you can neglect the gathering by handling it improperly. Okay, so this is, this is my favorite of, of all of these because it's kind of the culmination point. It's the public worship that we have when we're together. The Bible says, do you not know that you are the Lord's temple? So back in, back in Richmond, you know, we've got all these grandmas who are like, you are the Lord's temple. You're not allowed to get a tattoo. You are the Lord's temple. You're not allowed to get a tattoo. But this you are the Lord's temple is not an individual you. It is a collective you. Which, in Richmond, we say y'all. Do you say y'all here? Y'all, okay. Y'all is you all, right? Up north, it's you guys. <laughs> the proper way to say it is you. You are, together, you are the Lord's temple. When you don't show up, there are stones missing. When you don't show up, there are pieces missing. And when we show up, the presence and power of God is there. When we show up, the power and presence of God is there. Well, Kyle, I can experience God on my own in a hike and do that. Yeah, you can experience God on your own that way. But Jesus loves the gathering so much that he says, even when two of you come together, I am there. That's, that's not an argument for fewer people. That's an argument for more. He says, if one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. How many can three put to flight? How many can four put to flight? How many can City Life San Francisco put to flight? When you don't show up, you are missing out on the power and presence of God. And how on earth are you supposed to make it through that obstacle course without the power and presence of God? How on earth are you supposed to make it through what you're going through without coming into his presence and being in his temple and being together united and the presence and power of God moving, right? So this is the first kind of neglect. I just don't even show up. Listen, some of you guys are what I would call bronze members of City Life. You're on the once a month plan, okay? And I... (laughs) And I would encourage you to upgrade your membership to the silver plan where you come more than once a month and you give like a silver plan member, okay? Some of you are silver plan members and you come every other week. And I would encourage you to become gold plan members of City Life Church. I would encourage you to show up every single week. Kyle, you don't understand the, the job that I have and the demands that I have. Yeah, you need church. You don't understand the stress I'm under. Yeah, you need the presence and power of God. <laughs> well, you don't understand my boss and my family and my, yes, yes, I do understand, which is why I'm saying come to church every single week. You're not gonna make it without the power and presence of God. Some of you are gold plan members and you need to become platinum plan members. What is that? That means I don't just come to church once every week, but I'm also in a life group. I'm also, I'm also connected to other people throughout the week. I'm in a text thread with friends who are encouraging one another and building one another up. So all, all you bronze plane members, let's go to silver. All you silver plane members, let's go to gold. All you gold plane members, let's go to platinum. Come on, somebody. Is there a higher status? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, but don't neglect the gathering. This is the culmination of the cheat code. It begins with Jesus. 
Then it says that truth is not an individual thing, it's a corporate thing. Then it says that good works are not an individual thing, it is a corporate thing, that we encourage one another. Then he says worship is not just an individual thing, it's a corporate thing. Now here's the second form of neglect that we can do when we just don't give it the attention it deserves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says to the church in Corinth, when you get together, listen to this, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you. I would not like to start that letter. You know, you know these, these letters were literally read to the church. Can you imagine if he's like, but in the following thing, I do not commend you. Can you imagine if Pastor John John was like, shame on you guys, city life. You'd be like, oh man. In the following instructions, I do not commend you. Listen to this, because when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. In other words, it is possible to come together and it actually not be beneficial. It's possible to come together and it actually make us worse, not better. Why? Because this is the second form of neglect. Listen to this, because when you come together, go back to this, uh, when you come together, it's not for the better, it's for the worse, because every single time that you're together in the first place, when you come as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe that in part. And he says, because there's got to be divisions. There has to be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you might be recognized. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. Listen to this. This is so crazy. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. <laughs> Man, this is, this is crazy. It is possible for us to come together, but it not be for the better, it be for the worse. How does that happen? That happens when we come together and we form factions among us where there are different groups within the church, right? There's the rich group and the poor group. There's the white group and the black group. There's the front of the room group and the back of the room group and we don't talk to each other. We don't connect. We don't relate. That's not city life. I I know it and I feel it in this place. There are no factions among you here. You gotta defend that. You gotta go, not only am I gonna attend I'm going to make sure there's no factions among us. And then he says, when you receive communion, some of you are just going ahead and getting, it's like you're, you're just eating your Jesus and getting your Jesus, and I'm going to get my Jesus, but I'm not going to worry about you. I'm not going to worry about the guy next to me. I'm attending church today, and as long as I get my Jesus, I'm good. But I'm not opening the door for other people. I'm not texting my friend going, bro, where have you been? Come back to church. In other words, I'm just attending church, but I'm not truly giving it the honor and respect and dignity that it deserves. So don't neglect the gathering. This place is a place I know and I can feel it and I can sense that every time you come together, the Holy Spirit is here. The power and presence of God is here. Every single time you come together, don't neglect that. Take that so seriously. Lean into that. Tell other people, bro, you gotta be at City Life this weekend because God is there. All right, these are the four helps that are gonna help you on your journey. It begins with Jesus and the work that he has in your life. It goes to the confession, the word of God, being in alignment with truth and God's word. It goes to good works and love, egging each other on, stirring each other up, and then it goes to public worship, coming together and worshiping together. If this church will be a place that lifts Jesus high, that cares about the word of God, the truth, supreme over all else, the word of God, 
If this church is a place that eggs each other on to love and good works, and if this church is a place that takes the gathering so seriously, this church will be a place that you will be an American ninja warrior, you will become an American gladiator, you will beat Takeshi's castle, you will win, you will thrive, you will become fully alive in Jesus, you won't just make it, you will thrive in your life. You're not just gonna get through it, you're gonna, you're gonna soar, you're gonna rise above everything if we can do those four things. Can I pray over you today, yeah. church? And I wanna pray over those in the chat as well. You're watching online and some of you can't be in the room. We're just so glad that you're a part of the church wherever you are, right? You're, you're, you're doing your part to be a part of the gathering that exists for you. And so let's just pray over every single person. God, I pray that this church would be a place that receives the finished full work of Jesus, that this church would be a place that the word of God, the confession, the truth would, would be the supreme thing. Not me and my feelings and my experiences, but God, that the, the word of God, the truth of God would be the supreme thing in our lives. That I wouldn't try to do the word of God on my own, but I would do it along with those who call on the name of the Lord with a pure heart. God, I thank you right now for this church being a place that stirs one another up to love and good works constantly egging each other on to do the, the things God has called us to do. Constantly egging each other on, hey, don't, you're not just gonna make it, you're gonna thrive. You're not just gonna get through, you're gonna thrive. Come on, let's go, let's serve. Let's serve our city, let's pray. Let's feed the hungry, let's do some good. Let's bless God, let's worship together. That we're constantly egging each other on. And God, I pray that this place would be a place that never neglects the gathering. Not just, not just attending, but giving it the reverence and honor that it deserves. That there would be no factions among us. God, that, that we wouldn't just kind of attend and get our Jesus for the day and then go home, but God, we would, we would care. Hey, is everyone here? Is everyone receiving? Are we, are we looking out for our brother and sister? Are we, are, we, are we serving one another? Are we blessing one another? God, I know that city life is that kind of a church. And God, I thank you that because of that, this church is gonna be fully alive and it's gonna help lead this city to become fully alive in Jesus. God, I thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, come on, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you so much.